0: Live and in color from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful Southern California, and in parallel from the Turfs Up Radio Studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to The Water Zone Show this evening. Well, good afternoon, good evening, and good morning wherever you are listening to us in the world, and welcome to the Water Zone Show. I'm Rob Star, along with Mr. Chris Davies, and we will be here for the whole hour. And uh, got some stuff to, to review with you, everybody, about uh, what happened last year. What was the, the the most interesting things in water that and people that we had on the show? So we're going to talk a little about that. Uh, but I want to say hi to Chris. Chris, welcome. Hey,
1: thank you, uh, Rob. I'm telling you man uh great show this is the second segment right because we're going to go back and take a look at at least 10 or a dozen of the uh very special guests we had last year it was uh, it was a great year and i've just i was humbled when i when i was preparing the um the script for today so hey it's going to be a great show buddy how you doing out there in arizona by the way did you get the blast of cold air from this arctic shock that's coming down
0: Oh, absolutely! With about 40 mile an hour winds, and uh, it's pretty chilly. It was 34 degrees this morning when I woke up. It's right now. I think it's closer to 50 or 49. Uh, the wind stopped. Uh, sky's beautiful, but it's really cold. And uh, I guess we're getting we're getting that part of the the time of the season. Uh, how are you and the, the Miss Austin doing over there?
2: Hey, I'm doing pretty good up here. It's been a nice day today, pretty nice, but yeah, it's a little bit colder than it has been, which is, this is all a good thing, um, and we've had some snor- storms come through that have added a little bit to the snowpack, but not not terribly much. Uh, you know, we haven't had one of these atmospheric river storms come through, which can really be the snow dumpers and precipitation dumpers, so... Haven't had that yet, but, again, you know, it's it's only January. We still have a long, long, long way to go uh, before yeah. we'll know what's going to happen do. this weekend. We do indeed. nice
1: and crisp down here as well, Chris Austin. But, hey, listen, if you get any great pictures from those snorms that you're having up there, send them our way. I'd like to see a picture of a snorm.
2: A snorm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: We'll 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 go register that tomorrow.
2: Copyright <laughs> <laughs> it.
0: You know, you know what's interesting? I can tell when people who are the snowbirds in my neighborhood, because they're all walking around when it's thirty two degrees or thirty three degrees with shorts, thongs, and a t shirt. And to them, <laughs> to them it's warm. It's freezing. <laughs> and Andy, by but. that by that
1: you mean sandal thong.
0: Vandalsong. <laughs> well, I, I see some of the people who go up to the main center. They, you know, because we have several community pools that's in our, in our area. Here. I mean, that's part of us. And um, I, it depends which pool I go to. But I have my own, as you guys know. But um, we usually go up to the big pools to play volleyball against other neighborhoods, water volleyball. But uh, sometimes the people in the other neighborhoods come in regular, fun bathing suits. So interesting. Mostly for the young, mostly for the younger people, not for the retired people. Thank goodness. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, that's a good thing. Well, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you see something you don't want to see, I'm not
1: paying for the therapy. I'm-
0: no. <laughs> absolutely not well as, as chris davey mentioned we got a great show today in the second half we're going to kind of review a little things what we've seen and, and talked about in the last year and miss austin we're going to ask you that is probably your last question before the commercial break of what you thought was the most significant water story of the year but there's a lot okay. of stuff there's a lot of stuff going on and and, and i know you had talked about the uh the delta uh, eir the environmental impact report and now i see that solano county is starting to sue
2: yep they're ready to go they fired up their uh, their lawyers and uh, they're they're getting ready to to go to court not not a surprise uh, solano county has never been a fan of this project as are any of the counties in that cover the delta so there's five of them and they are all of course uh, quite opposed to the project. So they say that, you know, the environmental document uh is, is inadequate. It hasn't analyzed all of the project impacts and uh and they don't think that their mitigation measures are proper. So uh, you know, it's another sequel lawsuit. <laughs> so We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, You know, it's not the first. It's certainly not going to be the last. And I think that nobody thinks that uh, the road to the tunnel being approved, if it ever is approved, uh, will, you know, never going to be easy. Uh, well,
0: you're, you're, the, you're the expert in, in, in knowing about all this stuff. But let me, let me ask you a question, though. So, uh, as what you just said, you know, there was things that they didn't cover correctly or didn't cover enough or... Or, or write about, or whatever. isn't there guidelines or, or a section that all these people can get together and say we want to know A, B, C, D, E, F, and all the way down, so it covers everything they need to know.
2: Well, is actually, that-, that is part of the process. The first thing, first thing in the environmental, you know, the CEQA, the which is California Environmental Quality Act. The first step is you do a you have what's called a scoping meeting. And that's where anyone who has any, think they're going to be impacted or affected by this project uh, goes in and they say, these are the things for how I could potentially be affected. And you tell them so that they can be sure to analyze those things. And that's the beginning. But you see, it could be the most perfect, bestest environmental impact report that was ever written um, it's going to get litigated against because it's not really about the environmental document as much as it's about stopping the project wow. um, and so and this is a tool that that they use um, rightly or wrongly and and you know this is we talk a bit about sequel reform in this state because you know this uh, CEQA is blamed for the housing shortage because it makes it very, very difficult uh, to build projects. And and you know, as as we kind of you know, like Southern California, there's just a need to do what you know these these infill projects where you're adding, you know, you're taking a piece of land and adding, uh, you know. Homes, you know, next to other existing homes, and the, you know, these types of infill projects are always going to impact the people in that area during construction. You just can't get around that. But they're very unpopular. You know, uh, tear down a building and put up a new apartment building. People, the surrounding folks don't like it. So, you know, it, it's been a real problem, and they've talked about CEQA reform in the legislature, and they haven't ever really been able to accomplish that. Um, you know, the the CEQA, it, you know, it's a, I, I think it's a good law. I think it's something that, you know, any agency that's going to build a project that's going to impact folks should hear from those folks about what those impacts are. I don't think it means necessarily that you don't build the project but sometimes there are modifications that can be made or things that can be done to maybe remove that impact or at least make it a lot less and if you know you work this out ahead of time you get a better result um you know but on the other hand it is a tool a way to obstruct things I guess and um you know, and there is no question that uh, that the Delta Tunnel is going to get litigation. Uh, no question at all. And as a matter of fact, by 5 p.m. on the first day they released EIR, the there was a lawsuit. Um, you know, it's just uh, one of those things that we'll have to see how it plays out. Well,
0: so they could write a book and make this the myth of the Delta Tunnel.
2: Yeah, well, you know, the the uh, governor released his budget yesterday. We have a $68 billion deficit. This is the first, this is the governor's proposed budget. The California budget, I think, has to be approved by June 15th, so, you know, this is this is just the beginning, and what we end up with at the end will probably look nothing like the the proposal was as it is in January. And he has proposed uh, spending cuts on a number of programs or delaying um, uh, funds. So maybe they some some programs won't get as much funding this year. Um, but they'll shift that back to uh next year, and you know so you're stretching out programs a little longer um you know there's it's but it's going to be debated on quite extensively uh, as we go through but there's some interesting things to note and first first off is that um there is no funding for the delta conveyance project the tunnel project in the budget and there wouldn't be, because that project is not going to be paid by the taxpayers, it's going to be paid by the water users. And there have been some articles I that are trying to put those two, trying to conflate those two items, and, and they're really not, they're really not, not conflatable. Uh, so, I, you know, so there's no funding for the Delta Conveyance Project, nor would there ever be. There's also no funding for groundwater projects this year um, or in the next budget, and that has been an important thing as we try to bring these groundwater basins into balance, but it looks like uh, there's no uh, no funding to help out with groundwater management this year. So, um, you know, some programs stayed, some are... Uh, you know stretched out more and some just aren't there
0: this year well do you think I I find it kind of weird and funny and odd that a lot of pol I'm not saying all but a lot of politicians don't understand that we need to have a balanced budget (laughs) Uh, I I mean it's tough I mean California's not the only one that, that that has a deficit there's lots of other states that have deficits but you would think all these people that people elect to go to their legislative offices with the promises that they're gonna to work to do that, and yet we hardly see that. And, well, and-
2: I actually think though, so. Actually, um, and maybe somebody civics-minded could correct me if I am wrong, but um, I'm not sure states can carry deficits. Um, mm-hmm they they maybe they can i but um i don't i i think only the federal government gets to (laughs) get to do that but i could be wrong just something in my mind sort of makes me think that but you know california's budget at least in these past two years actually has been balanced we have what's called a rainy day fund remember that was set up by uh, governor jerry brown so part of this plan will be dipping a little bit into those funds so you know yeah it's gonna to be tough and we have to tighten our belt but it's not as bad as certainly not as bad as it could be uh, yeah. you know and they will be balancing the budget somehow because uh, we've actually been doing pretty well even through the even through the pandemic we they were expecting bigger hits and surprise there wasn't so. I,
0: I, I always understood the last last couple of years that California had a surplus of monies, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, it depends where you read the information. At least where I read the information, well, what one side says versus the other, I have no idea.
2: Well, it's also it's we also have our revenues are very volatile. Um, you know, and a lot depends on uh, income taxes and. So they, it does tend to drift up and down. It and can be kind of dramatic, but yeah, we've and we've had a surplus and we have the rainy day fund. So you know, we're we're not going to be in in bad bad shape.
0: Well. Mr. Davy, want to jump in with any questions? I know you're. Uh, you're I, you,
2: oh, you absolutely, know, I've got one,
1: Bob. but uh, you know, so Chris, this is about this is about the snowpack because they had their first, you know, the the. You know they go up and they they have that oh, yeah and they, and they do it and you know as you know there wasn't much snow there uh, at all although although we've had we've had some in the last couple of days but you know you you've got to look that look at that at the juxtaposition against the current you know reservoir levels which are which are fairly good right now and then um, you know as it's reported on Maven's notebook the the healthy reservoir levels offset the scant no patch So, you know what's the um, what's the latest on that? I mean, you know, we've got we've got no drought on the horizon, so to speak, at least probably probably this year. But so far, up until you know the first of the year here, it's been kind of dry, rain wise.
2: Yes, it, it has been, and um, we had some snow over the weekend, but it's it's not huge. What really depends on, you know, if we get a good, nice, wet, atmospheric river. And so we're, you know, we're all crossing our fingers for that. But, yeah, the snowpack is not doing well. And if we, you know, if if we don't if we don't have a decent year of snow then there there will be cuts to the allocations um i don't think we'll be we would be back to drought level not drastic but they would start i'm sure that they would start uh allocating less and trying to hold on to some more water uh, because you never know when it goes dry how long it's going to stay dry but they had some uh, interesting study came out of the talking about how climate change is shrinking the snowpack um, in many places, not just here in the Sierra, but also you know all over. It's a worldwide thing. And interestingly, they kind of found that there's a threshold for uh, snowpacks in the northern hemisphere. If it's 17 0. 0.6 degrees. If the average temperature is 17.6 degrees, then the snowpack will will sort of stay and, and hang around and uh, you know hang out for a while. If it's warmer than that, then it just melts away, uh, just simply goes. So. Uh, you know that's it's an interesting an interesting study, and I'm gonna make a guess that you know there's many areas that'll be warmer than 17.6 degrees uh, this year.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna bet you're right on that one, on that one. We've all I got another question for you too, too Chris, since we're since we're uh, on that, and of course you know <clears throat> we would uh, we would be interesting interested in learning more about this state water resource control board this paper water idea i mean i it baffled me even even after reading and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna qualify this that i didn't read the whole article but even after reading
2: a part of it um what what paper water um you know every we have all these different water rights in California, there's like riparian water rights, which are rights that are tied to the land that goes, you know, that's along a waterway. And then there are appropriative rights, where you have um, uh, you have a water permit or water right that entitles you to draw water at a certain rate from a certain point during. A certain point in time, and take that water, and divert it to wherever you're going to divert it to. And so, um, over time, you also have to remember that uh, <laughs> California's water rights data has exists has existed up uh, up until very recently on paper and some of these papers we're talking like 1900s paper. Um, Those records have not been digitized except that now there is a a project going on at the State Water Board to digitize those records and build uh, a platform so that people can access them. Uh, This is really revolutionary, something that's really needed to be done for a very long time. You know, the one thing that people I don't think realize is that um, the government is really way behind in technology because bond measures for new computer systems are not exactly popular with taxpayers. And some of these government buildings are very old and they're not wired for even for high speed internet. I mean, there are, I'm told there are still state offices that have to use the internet on a modem. Uh, you know, so it's important to support technology upgrades at the, you know, in the government. Uh, and so the legislature has appropriated money for them to do this, so um, it, it's, I think the platform is expected to get launched later this year. But um, so you have all these paper records, and various groups have gone in through the years and tried to total up how much water this is. Now, keep in mind water is your water rights permit your appropriative water rights permit gives you a rate at which you know a, a, a rate at which you're going to draw water a season in which you're going to draw it and um, you know and, and then you go off and, and you use that water and so trying to patch that together um, they try to add up and try and figure out how much water rights that you know that there are how what what do all those numbers total up and often they find that they total up to very high amounts more so more water than what's in the river and a lot of that is just because those dates and seasons can be hard to figure out and not all water that is appropriated is a consumptive use it's you know like for instance hydropower is just the water runs through the hydropower plant, it spins a little wire and off it goes down the river. There's still, you know, as much water as there was before. It just took a little detour through the hydropower plant. So, so you know, it, scholars have added this up, so, you know, the one thing, too, that the people of State Water Board said is they say, well, yeah, we see all those numbers, but uh, you know, nobody is, is coming in and saying that they aren't getting their water. So if you've really allocated four times the water in that river, you know, why aren't there more people coming and saying, I, I have no water? I went to divert. Here's my water, right? There was no water. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. Getting this uh, water rights database is going to be a real game changer um, in really being able to nail down um, a lot of these, you know, some of these water rights that were acquired in, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, they may not even be using water anymore. It's hard to know because it's all on paper, you know. So, yeah, literally, when they, when they, Calls for people to prove up their water rights. They're literally pulling out paper, you know, 1880s, 1900s paper documents. It's quite amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make one more comment, Chris, because there was another article on Maven's Comp, Maven's Notebook today. <clears throat> on on it was on the Q and A page on, on how past history could help uh, more equitably divide up California's water. And I just want right. to tell you that that photograph. That's on the header page for Maven's Notebook. is an awesome photograph. So listeners, <laughs> go to Maven's Notebook and take a look at it. It's where that split is in the Tehachapi. Oh, uh, yeah. The
2: Tehachapi.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. I I thought it kind of symbolized divvying up water kind of nicely. Yes, the bifurcation point. Oh, I love that word bifurcation. Sounds like you're saying something nasty, but I'm not. I was, try, I
1: was going to try and say it, but I was afraid of the same thing—something bad
0: would come out. The word, the word, when I was younger, was prevaricate. Yeah, the kids in school so we called them prevaricating. Well, that's that's uh, like that's just the purpose. That's right. That's, that's 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 right. Well, anyway, uh, we're coming up against our uh, commercial break, and I just want to remind everybody if you haven't. Gone to, or subscribe to, or be a sponsor of the wonderful Maven's Notebook. You can do that by going to www.mavensnotebook.com. It's a place where Chris and I get our information about what's happening in the water world around California and even the world every single morning on our PCs, and it's a great source. It's probably one of the best sources in the industry to get uh, information right up front. And again, I I keep saying I don't know how how Chris stays up all night long. I think she works 29 hours out of a 24 hour day just to get all this stuff written up and and out. But she also has something new on her website and I'm going to let her briefly tell what it's about. Chris, go ahead.
2: Yeah, we have a new page at at Mavis Notebook called The Water Shelf and it's all about water books. And I have a gentleman, Justin Scott Coe, who is uh, reviewing those water books and there's a top 20 list. So if you want to get smarter about uh water and you want to read up, I suggest you go to uh the water shelf, which is the mavens dot com slash water shelf run it together, or there's also a link on the front page oh. I
0: know justin really well he he used to work for another water or for a water agency i don't know if he still does i haven't talked to him in a couple of years he's but he was on our show before, so oh, that'll well. be so that'll be great to uh if he still—I don't know if he's still at the same water agency that he was just a couple of years back—but uh, we'll talk. We'll talk offline and get that and have him come in. But again, if you want to become a sponsor of of, uh, of Maven's Notebook, just go to go to her website, mavensnotebook.com, and also be uh, become a subscriber. You'll you really enjoy it. You get a lot of information out that the average person won't get anywhere else. So, Chris, thank you for all you do for the water industry. We do appreciate it.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much, and everyone have a good evening.
0: All right, you too. And uh, we'll be back in a few moments. It's time for our commercial break, and we'll be back with uh, a good discussion between Chris, uh, Davey, and myself about doing a a rewind of uh, 2023.
3: KCAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. Moving up in this industry means getting the most out of each day, so you
1: can focus on growing your business. With Site One, you're in control, and we're here to help. It starts with the right team. Our irrigation pros can help map out a complete, streamlined system that meet any requirements or regulation. And from the first dig to years after install, knowledgeable experts are available in branch, or resources are available online to help find solutions specific to your needs. Next, we make sure you have the right tools to get the job done with the largest selection of top brands in the industry, bringing the latest in Wi-Fi enabled controllers, rotors, sprays, valves, and drip components. And because hard work should always be rewarded, you'll receive personalized pricing and earn loyalty points on qualifying
3: purchases to help you grow. You're in control. Site One is here to help. Are you presently part of the irrigation industry as a worker or business owner? Do you want to learn how you and your staff can boost your knowledge and productivity? Then you should check out Irrigator Technical Training School. Irrigator Tech is the leading source of quality instruction serving all facets of the irrigation industry. Their courses provide a basic, easy-to-understand approach that raises the skill level, competency, and professionalism of landscape and irrigation personnel through practical education and services. Irrigator Tech combines classroom and real-life hands-on training, leading to a well-recognized certification that both customers and employers demand. Irrigator Tech's specialized courses can help you quickly become a Certified Irrigation Auditor or a Certified Installer, Repair, Maintenance, or Backflow Technician Courses Also include certificates in smart water application or becoming a certified tree worker. Most importantly all certifications are state recognized and irrigator tech offers annual renewal classes to help keep your certification up to date. So whether you work in California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, or Arizona, there's an irrigator tech class near you. For more information on how to jumpstart your career, call irrigator tech toll free 866-614-1755 or visit them on the web at irrigatortech.com. That's toll-free, 866-614-1755, and on the web at irrigatortech.com.
2: This is KCAA.
1: Well, all right, everybody, welcome back. This is the second half of the Water Zone radio show program. I'm your host, Chris Davy, along with the all-knowing and ever-present Rob Starr out there in Arizona today. Rob, I hope you're hanging in there. You came back after the break, buddy. You there? I was here. I'm glad I'm to see it, because you. Know, Rob, Rob and I, for our listeners, Rob and I have been working on uh, sort of a review looking back at 2023, the programs, the the listings, the guests that we had throughout the year, and I got to tell you, this is 2023 was actually—and correct me if I'm wrong, Rob—but I don't think I am. It was actually the eighth year for the Waterstone Radio Show program. That's right, right? Yes. Sir. So it was started by, of course, mm-hmm. yourself and a gentleman by the name of Mike Barron, who, Rob, you and I keep in in contact with, and we're we're still very close friends with with Mike and. Uh, and, and we keep that going. It was started in the middle of the drought back in the uh, mid-teens um, to discuss the drought. And it's it just had grown over the eight years. I mean, it's something that Rob and I and Mike are very proud of. The Toro Company is proud of it as well. Uh, I started on the radio show in the spring, late spring of 2016. I did a couple of fill-in dates, if you remember, Rob, um, for, for Mike. Um, yep. And then, uh, yeah, and then Mike. Career changed, and uh, and he went on, and and uh, I filled in. Then started to fill in for him a little bit. Then became a full time co-host. So for me, it's been been seven years. And then of course for the for the listeners, you know, we just finished the first segment with Chris Austin from Maven's Notebook, and uh, just what an asset Chris has been to our show, Rob. I, I, you know I I know you agree with me, man. I mean, California Water News. Uh, featured in each uh, episode, just great information we get from her. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I, it brings to mind. I remember the first time you know Mike Barron uh, got to meet her. He, he always talked to her on phone or something like that, and it was at uh, it was at a, um, uh, a, tr- a trade show for the uh, Southern Nevada Water the Smart Innovations. Yeah. And, uh, so I had, I had met her in person and I said, Hey, we're going to do the radio show at, that at, was at six o'clock that time. And she came up to the, to the room that we were doing it and uh, she comes up and stands in front of the, the table and Mike and I are sitting on i and go, Hey Mike, you didn't tell me about that, about this lady. You've been talking to her on the, a lot and he's looking at her and he's looking at me. I go, and he says, I don't know who she is. And I go. That's Chris Austin. That was the first time he ever met her. Yet he was talking to her for a couple months prior to that, never saw her, never knew what she looked like, sounded different in person than than she did on the radio. And it was really interesting. And I always always used to joke with him because everywhere we go, there's always women coming up to the booth and saying, hey, is Mike Barron here today? And I said, yeah, he'll be back in a little bit. But I mean, every trade show we went to, there, there must have been for each show probably five or six different women every time. And I go, Mike. You got something going here. I know. I know your wife, Sarah. You know. Are are, are you doing something I should know about? You know, to keep you quiet, or what's going on? And he, no, no, no. He, but he knows. There's a lot of women today in the water industry, and 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 as we talked uh, with uh, uh, Natasha Rankin, we talked about. I used the term "Wow" uh, for for water, women of water, and uh, but that's true. Most of these. Uh, a lot of jobs, new jobs are coming in and there's a lot of women representing water districts, water agencies and government in all of that and we've had tons of them on on the show people like Marianne Dickinson uh, uh, with the California Irrigation Institute Um, Katie uh, Masucci we had her on, she was a a sustainability and environmental director for uh, multiple EPA awards uh, for outreach and she even created a song, well she didn't create the song, she took the music from a song, and did a parody of it. We remember we played that on the air for her, and she was so oh, yeah. uh, unbelievable. she couldn't believe we did that for her. Uh, but yeah,
1: first first time uh, airing a song for her on the uh, on the show.
0: Yeah, and other other the great people. Chris.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of them on the list here uh, uh, coming up. But I'm I'm going to tell you, Rob. You know, you and I have said this many many times uh, to each other and and uh, to our Toro colleagues, but. And of course uh, uh, Kce uh, KCAA and NBC News Radio, we are so fortunate. We're so thankful that this show has been um, a successful that has had the success that it's had. We have uh, as you know Rob now uh, hundred and sixty five thousand plus uh, subscribers yep. we are ranked number one on on FIFA. Um yep. we've won 18 awards and, and and recognitions I mean important ones, right? Uh, from yep. the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, from KNBC, from yep. um, California State Senate, just to name a few, and others I know you've been involved in as well.
0: Yeah, we got from the U.S. Senate, the U.S. Congress, um, U.S. Bureau of Reclamation. Uh, you know, you can go down the list, uh, 18 pr- prestigious awards, and and and. and one thing I do want to mention, which I've always mentioned before, between you and Chris Austin and Mike Barron, and I'll include myself because I am part of that game, that all four of us have been inducted into the the industry, Green Industry Hall of Fame, which is unbelievable. I mean, I was I was shocked for me because you guys have been in it a whole lot longer than I have, and I think I think you guys deserve deserve it more than I more than I did. I mean, I've only been doing it for 17 years, but you guys. You know that's your careers in that industry, and uh, but I'm very proud to be able to work with you guys and, and lady, and uh, uh, enjoy the time. We have a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on uh, behind the scenes and, and during when we were in the studio together with with the TV cameras and stuff that I can't talk about here because <laughs> it's hard to describe. Hard to describe. Uh, nothing bad. I mean, we didn't do anything bad or dirty or or illegal or anything like that. But just funny things that happened in the in the studio. As we're doing the shows and even remotely, and uh, but those those were the good times. A lot of super people from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to Vice President Al Gore, to uh, uh, Gentlemen uh, Siegel, Mr. Siegel, who was the Consul General of Israel, um, Dianne Feinstein, uh, McClintock. I mean, I can go down the list of notables. Yeah. Uh, about Damon. I mean, we've been very blessed. Plus, pre- probably most every. Uh, General manager of the predominant water agencies throughout the United States, and even even had phone calls from South Africa and Europe and uh, and um, uh, everywhere. I, I was going to say in Australia as well. Um, we've been very blessed. I, I, I got to tell you, it's 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 so different today than it was when we first started. Uh, first started, we had a I had a personally uh, and Mike call people and beg them to come on the show because they didn't know who we were or anything else. And, and, and now, now we get calls all the time to people who want to be on the show. And, uh, so that makes the life a little easier, but we still got work that we do behind the scenes that uh, makes the show, uh, as it is. And plus I got to give a shout out to our wonderful and dear, uh, station engineer, uh, Eric. And, uh, he does a fantastic job and we appreciate all the stuff that he does. He's, uh, He's the guy that I, I trust more than he, He's he's been the best engineer we've ever had. And I, I appreciate that. So I, I had to say that. Yeah. So, uh, but go ahead with the people that we've, we we brought on. That was interesting. <laughs> uh,
1: Rob, listen, you know, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump on the air train there. Uh, our engineer at KCAA, uh, the, the uh, NBC affiliate uh, where, where we go locally uh, such a good guy, uh, always responsive to us. So, so thumbs up to uh, uh, to Eric, and I know he's listening because he's got his earphones on. But listen, <laughs> you know, let's, let's let's put it this way, you know, I mean, there's we we've got to thank our listeners and our subscribers too, Rob, because you know yes. we, we 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 couldn't have done it without them. Um, listen, guys, without you, you know, we we wouldn't have been here. We are we are so so privileged uh, to be able to produce and and do this show and subsequent podcast uh, every week. And you have uh, Mike commitment and Rob's commitment that that we're going to continue to do that um, for for uh, as long as we can and and as long as there's content to, uh, to be had. And we we work very hard to to, to uh, look for that content and attract that content to our show. And and uh, and we're going to continue to we're going to continue to do it. But at the bottom line, Rob, and and I know you want to make a comment here, but the bottom Rob, bottom line, Rob, is. Without our listeners, with, without our one hundred and sixty five thousand subscribers and followers, um, we we wouldn't have a show at all. So have right. off and thank you show much to each and every one of you. And one more
0: one more thank you before we start talking about some of the people on the show is to our wonderful sponsors of the show. First one we'd like I, I obviously wanna to, wanna to thank is the Toro Company for letting us have the opportunity to uh, You know, launched this idea years ago, and I'm very happy about that. We have uh, Site One Landscape, which is the the largest uh, landscape supply company in the United States. Uh, We also have uh, um, Dura Plastic Products, which is now owned by Tigra. They make all kinds of PVC uh, attachments and pipes and all kinds of things, and uh, that's good. They had Gothic Landscape. Uh, um, We've got Aqua Tech. I can go down the list, Uh, uh, Kellogg's Garden Products. Um, We just signed on ConocoPhillips. They're a little few billion-dollar company (laughs) uh, in the oil business, but they're also now in the water business uh, working with uh, Mexico. They're going to have a a prominent uh, position here uh, on on some different shows coming up and talking about what they do and and, and that, get their perspective. Um, So I can go down the list, but there's there's so many, and and, uh, Irrigator Tech, uh, I hope I'm not leaving anybody off, but uh, uh, I, I, again, we appreciate that. And again, it is it's for the listeners that we've gotten the awards and stuff. We're not perfect. We're not. Uh, we didn't come up in the broadcast industry. Uh, we just thought we'd come and educate people and, and let them know what's really going on behind the scenes and answer questions and and uh, help them with irrigation and water and whether it's legislation or scientific stuff. And we had a lot of science people, meteorologists. I mean, all breaths that you can. You know, home builders golf course supervisors, golf course irrigation designers, um, everything related to water. And we're going to have some really interesting things coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks about cybersecurity. We'll get some people from the Homeland Security and FBI that are, that are going to come on to the show and talk about that and what's happening with some water agencies and districts that are have been bit hacked by uh, Iran. And uh, so it's going to be interesting talking about that. So anyway, Chris, why don't you give me a rundown of some of the, the most notable things that we talked about and, and the people who we talked about.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to uh, as well. So let's let's take a look back here. Let's take a retrospective, if you will, at back in 2023. Um, so for our listeners, Rob and I have, have gone through, we've highlighted some of the show's sort of chronological order, but not so much because we got off on 10, just so many of them didn't we, Rob? It was crazy, but oh, it's, yeah. it's almost chronological. And, and listen i'm gonna i'm gonna tell everybody right off the right off the top of here it was so hard to pick um you know just a just a handful or a, you know a dozen or so of the shows we did in the past uh, year because there were so so many great segments uh, that we did but uh, I'll tell our listeners too it was so much fun uh rob you and I was going through this stuff and kind of you know <laughs> thinking about uh, the different shows we had and, and some of the technical challenges that that happened. So it was it was good to review that. But I'm gonna start off here, Rob, and then and then uh, you know then, then we can go kind of go through the list. But if you remember good. Rob, we started off the, the show, the first show of twenty twenty three. And that was with our colleague from Bluefield uh, research that's uh Reese Tisdale and company. In fact I think it was John Berryman that was on mm-hmm. um, that show for us and they did sort of an update on the on the water industry that's Friends and you know all the stuff and and they're a frequent guest uh, on our show Bluefield Research and by the way uh, listeners um, they have a podcast as well and they just released their uh, their retrospective for 2023 from their podcast so um, if you get a minute go to Bluefield Research and and check out that last podcast they did because Tisdale uh, did, did that and uh, and he did an awesome job I listened to it um, last week, uh, and, and, and it was great. Um, Rob, I'll be, I'm going to, let's, let's go to the next one that I picked out and it was, um, Innovize. So, and I know that, that was somebody that, uh, that you brought to the show, David Totman.
0: Yep. We, we, we had an interesting thing of bringing different people with different backgrounds and, um, we, we like to bring people in to talk about technology, and so we brought this company in, and they gave us a rundown of how they started. And, and we usually start the conversations with all these people, uh, except for the politicians. I don't ask this of them. I said, How did you get into the water industry? And why did you get in? What drove you there? And they and you wouldn't believe them, some of the stories how they come in and, and what their background was. Some of them didn't even think of being in the, in the water industry, but then all of a sudden, hey, I found my I found my calling, and that's what we're going to do. So that was Innovis was one of the companies that we brought in to do that, and that was a that was an exciting thing. One of, one of my other ones that I thought was really interesting, and uh, I didn't know there was such that you know that I know Chris, you like wine. And, you know, you talk to people who list themselves as sommeliers, which is, you know, the expertise in in in, uh, in, in wine. But I didn't realize that there's sommeliers of water. And we brought in two people, Michael Masher from the U.S. and uh, Elena Burgess, who was from England. And they have put together how they characterize drinking water and, and drinking water either from bottled water, from a from a lake, from a river, from a you know re- remanufactured. It's 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 amazing how people started defining water and what tastes good. How do you rate? How do you how would you rate them? What how many points do you give? Like you do for wine. There's a there's a bottle of water from the Arrowhead have 93 points versus somebody else like Dasani who may have more or less. I mean I never knew people did that, but this now that's a starting growing industry, and they're trying to get that to start rating water that people buy in the store so that was that was a very interesting uh thing to me <laughs> <laughs> I remember.
1: yeah i remember rob gave me a completely different view of uh of uh, uh, of water and i've talked several times about how i can utilize that here at uh, you know at, at our next dinner party rob and, you know, <laughs> when we get real fancy and 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 sit around and get the glasses out so we're, we're, yeah we'll have to we'll have to talk about that I'm going to let me just bring up one more and then then uh, we'll kind of trade off here go back to sure, sure. So thrive yeah thrive smart system so a company out of utah um seth Bangader and brian Britton. by the way they're coming back on they're going to be back on the water zone here they're going to talk about wireless uh, technology but uh, the first time they were on they talked about their evo device you remember that how how they yep. got started how the device works and that's available through programs and rebates and all that uh, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff um, Sort of sort of like you know those those very entrepreneurial uh, companies started by a couple of young guys with uh, with a technology background and, and, and an idea and uh, we found both Seth and Brian um, to be great guys and of course they're assisted by by um, uh, many people in their in their office and call. Including an old colleague of ours, Greg Parker, uh, yep. on on the staff as well. So um, I I thought that was one of the one of the more enjoyable um, segments.
0: Yep. Well, we, do you remember Jeff Graydon from Princeton University? He was all in of charge morning, of all. Yeah. Yeah, he was in charge of all the athletic fields and what he had to do to retrofit uh, all of Pr- Princeton's athletic fields and so forth and how 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 people think you just plant grass or you pie turf and stick it in and that's all you got to, you know, water it and cut it and you're all done. No. And, uh, he was responsible for all of that, including even the basketball uh, stadium that they have. So he got down to the nitty gritty. He has a great background in, in knowing about soils and plants and hydrology. I mean, it, it there's there's careers as we go through this thing all these people are very successful and they have long-term careers in this and yeah. and, and and hopefully you know our industry is seeing what we call a, a, a gray wave starting a lot of people getting older and they're retiring and they're looking for new blood and as I said earlier I, I I have I've never seen so much more so many women join this industry and they're very good very talented very technical uh, great marketing uh, skills. I mean, they they do a good job, and, and, and uh, it's starting to fill, and they're realizing that that's what's happening. Yep. And, and, yep. and let me just, say, let me just sure. add that I think one, one of the things that the Irrigation Association, we've had them, and I'll let you talk about Laureen, Rich, and, and Natasha in a second, but one of the things they're, they are doing are, are is promoting education, and, and we talked uh, in my conversation with Natasha about even going down to the high school level, and, and getting people, getting kids involved with that, because they can graduate and go fix uh, backflow valves and make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to start. So there's a lot of a lot of things moving forward, and a lot of people that talk about that. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I appreciate the the segue into into the IA because uh, several interviews. Uh, segment this past year. Randy Wood starting off with who was, you know, the, the IA uh, 2023 uh, president. Yes. And he was reflecting on the importance of, you know, education, fostering uh, technology. We also had a great discussion with him, if you remember, on the ag industry challenges. And, yes. uh, you know, just a, it's a great show. And of course, uh, Randy Wood's, you know, day job is uh, with <laughs> Lindsay Manufacturing. So, um, so, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's back to that now. And then, The second guy we had on was Kyle Brown, who, as you know, is the editor of uh, Irrigation and Lighting magazine. That's formerly the Irrigation and Green Industry News, right? And, you know, he went over, yeah, Kyle Brown, he went over um, all the IA publications and kind of gave everybody a roundtable on that. The Changing the Landscape Award, which was something that the IA did earlier this summer. Uh, Also, Nathan Bowen was uh, from the IA. He's the IA Adversary. Advocacy and and Public Affairs Vice President, uh, representing manufacturers in Washington, D.C. He was on our show also from the IA. And then last, let's not forget the most recent one we had back in November, that was uh, Noreen Rich, who's the IA Member Engagement and Industry Relations uh, Director. She gave us, you know, she gave all our listeners, and we got a lot of comments on this, Rob, if you remember, a great history of of the IA, right Right back to its beginnings, um, and then we also had, did a little bit preview of the 2020 IA show, which is now, you know, past and behind us. That was in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, last thing she did, she talked about the E3 uh, student program. So, I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of folks from the IA.
0: Yeah. Hello?
1: Yeah, Rob, we're here, buddy. Go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry, John No, you're absolutely correct. We had lots of them. I have people from this uh, Center for Irrigation Technology, um, Charles Hillier, Uh, he came came on and talked about uh, over in California groundwater, Tulare Lake uh, replenishment, and and, and talked about ag. farmers wanted to be part of the solution, which I think, you know, there's tons of water being used in ag, and, and, uh, you know, California talks, some some representatives in California want to do away with uh, agriculture. And, and farming and and uh, you know getting yeah. rid of cattle, uh, you know it's a big 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 money maker in California. I yeah. I, I don't see it ever going to happen. I I just know. And then then we had uh, a gentleman I, I remember from uh, Operation Good, a gentleman named uh, Fred Womack, I believe. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was in Mississippi. Is that Mississippi? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I and I he, I was I was saddened by the fact how the city uh, isn't going to help them get cleaner water. Uh, they said the people in the neighborhoods got to pay money themselves to do it. I mean, they're in the state capital city in Mississippi, and uh, that that one teared me up. Uh, I can't believe living living in today's age in the United States that people can't get clean water or even get water delivered, you know, I mean, when you turn on your faucet and having brown water come in and uh, and uh, or, or not being able to even when you turn it on, nothing comes out for a week or two. I mean, I, 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 that just tears me apart. I can't see how yeah. we can do that. And But that was a yeah. touching story. That was a touching story to me.
1: Yeah, there's some great stuff that's been on here another one that was interesting to me was when we had uh, dr michael duke university oh
0: yeah yep
1: down in gainesville and he was talking about the future of urban landscapes and you know transformation of uh of, of existing landscapes what developers and uh and builders are doing on new construction how the adoption of smart technologies are entering uh entering our industry it was great so no, I know we've only got a couple of minutes left there,
0: Robert, but just do a just do a quick one with you would you on wyland's uh mayor's challenge? Oh, yeah, as people know, our company Toro Company is a strategic partner with the wyland foundation, and uh, we've done a lot of things on uh water conservation. They do the national mayor's challenge and last year it was in uh Connecticut and uh had over two thousand cities participate in that and Wyland went and painted his uh, over what is it a hundred and two Walls. I mean, this thing was like a building that was two blocks long and painted a gigantic whale and uh, raised a lot of money and, and uh, made that uh, for the city. Unbelievable. But we do a lot of things with them. We do a national art, artwork uh, contest for kids from kindergarten to high school. Uh, we have another program that, that I started years ago called Blow the Whistle on Wasted Water. We do that with Wyland Foundation. And uh, it's just great. I mean, there's so many. You know, we can, we can take another 49 shows to go over all these people. But yeah. we thank you very much. we got to thank everybody. And, again, this was just a, a thank you to all our listeners who made, made the show possible. We, we do appreciate that sincerely. So I want everybody to have a good week. Next week we have a good show coming up for you. And... Um, Please stick around and uh, next week and join us and remember all of those who like green, We all want you to please help keep our our planet blue because without blue you get no green. Well thanks very much for listening. thanks for being part of the show and uh, we'll be here next week. give us a call we'll be out the numbers next week for you to call us. Any questions. So good night everybody have a good week.
3: KCAA Loma Linda The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM NBC News Radio